Hello, this is Vin Peterson. Welcome to Politics Weekly, and today we're going to be talking about several um, things um, relating to current events this week. Um, I'll start with, I mentioned, I did a long discussion about the Supreme Court's draft opinion likely, uh, not official, but likely, quite likely to overturn Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey, and there was a vote to codify Roe into law to um, in the U.S. Senate, but it failed, with every Republican and Joe Manchin uh, voting against it. And should I say, plus Joe Manchin, the Republican. <laughs> but anyway, one thing that did surprise me is one of two anti-abortion Democrats, Bob Casey, who, by the way, his father was Bob Casey Sr., the former governor, and he was, by the way, the plaintiff in the defense for a variety of restrictive abortion laws, in the Planned Parenthood v. Casey case, and he's just one of two pro-life Democrats. So that's going to be, that I thought was quite surprising um, about how that happened. Um, and there's going to be some more primary elections coming up, including one primary election in Pennsylvania, and another one that just happened, by the way, in Nebraska and West Virginia. And it shows that the Trump endorsement has a lot of power. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a primary election in Ohio where the Republican J.D. Vance, who was endorsed by Trump to replace the retiring Rob Portman, won the Republican primary. He was initially behind in the polls, like underwater by like 15 points. But once the Trump endorsement came in, he was up, but he, he, his poll numbers jumped like almost overnight in the real clear politics polling average. And then he ended up winning the Republican primary. And of course, J.D. Vance is kind of a demagogue. But interestingly enough, he's a demagogue and kind of crazy right wing. Almost like Christine O'Donnell or Sharon Angle or Todd Aiken or Richard Murdoch or any of those crazies who were rejected for being so stupid. But one thing is that J.D. Vance... He got Trump's endorsement, even though in, he once compared Trump to Hitler in a tweet and was very critical of him and calling him a racist and a bigot and all that. So he endorsed him. Yep, which is fascinating. And there was also, in Nebraska, though, it showed that the Trump endorsement has limits because a Trump-endorsed Republican candidate for governor to replace the term-limited Pete Ricketts lost... Um, Charles Harster, after he was accused of groping several women, including a Republican state legislator, accused him of, grope, of being groped by him. He lost after, even though he got Trump's endorsement. It was narrow. It was only by, like, a two-point loss. And in West Virginia, something interesting happened. You know, after the census, a few states lose congressional districts and a few states gain them. Pence, uh, West Virginia lost one congressional district, so it was incumbent versus incumbent. And... The Trump-endorsed incumbent Republican won, beating out the longer-serving incumbent. Um, yeah, David McKinley was defeated by Alex Moonley. Alex Moonley is much more conservative than David McKinley. He's arguably a bit more moderate, voting for the bipartisan infrastructure bill, for example. So, and he got Trump's endorsement. So it shows that, so all those raises show that the Trump has, still has a stranglehold, to be honest. The entire Republican Party is totally captured by Donald Trump. To be totally honest, there's no question about it, but it shows it has limits. It doesn't show that the Trump endorsement is limitless. For example, also the polls are suggesting that um, 
Brian Kemp will likely beat out David Perdue in the Republican primary in Georgia for governor, even though Perdue has Trump's endorsement. By the way, that is the David Perdue who was a former senator, by the way. So, it does show that the Trump endorsement has a ton of power, like a crap ton of power, but it has its limits. So that's going to be interesting. And next is Pennsylvania. I want to talk about Pennsylvania quite briefly, because the Republican primary situation there is kind of nuts. <laughs> so what happened early on is that Trump endorsed a guy named Sean Purnell for the Republican primary to replace the retiring Pat Toomey. Um, and what he, but then Parnell dropped out after he was accused of domestic violence and lost a custody battle in court after his wife alleged that he slapped his children, her children so hard that it left a handprint and slammed her to the ground. A bunch of disgusting stuff, to be totally honest. But one thing that was interesting is that Trump, then after Parnell dropped out, Trump endorsed another guy. He, this guy is Dr. Mehmet Oz, the dietary supplement salesman who got grilled in front of a Senate subcommittee in 2014 for promoting weight loss, false weight loss cures, and promote hydroxychloroquine and all that stuff. But, and he's got Trump's endorsement, but things aren't going very well for him, and he's just, he's had an authenticity issue. For example, he lives in New Jersey, he, he lives 90 miles away from Pennsylvania in Cliffside Park, New Jersey, despite running for a Senate candidacy in Pennsylvania. So that's a problem. Also, he has Turkey. He's a dual citizen of Turkey, and also voted in the 2018 Turkish election. And as and some have criticized him for having close ties to Erdogan as well. So that's interesting. Having voted, but he has an authenticity problem because, for one, he's kind of a newcomer, and he's also a bit disingenuous. And I think even in the past has been liberal on a few issues and now has gone hard right and everything. But then another person who's running is a businessman named David McCormick. He hasn't played out well with the MAGA base, but now there's another candidate who's now second place in the polls. She was a distant third and had almost no track record, but now she's second in the polls. Um, her name is Kathy Barnett, and she's a right-wing commentator, a far-right uh, radical right-wing commentator who once compared Islam to pedophilia and um, compared homosexuality to sinful traits like robbery and has said a fair bit of racist and bigoted things and even Sean Hannity I think spent like 20 minutes of an opening segment on his television show uh, saying that do not nominate her for some do not nominate her because she will be like Christine O'Donnell. And he even said that these comments that she made about Islam were incendiary, nonetheless. Yep. Christine O'Donnell, if you don't know, was a uniquely bad candidate in Delaware who lost to, who beat, of uh, who lost a very winnable seat in Delaware to Chris Coons after um, she had a lot of interesting past, would I say? And also occasionally said that she dabbled in witchcraft. Yeah, or like... She released a campaign ad saying that she was not a witch. Sharon Engel ran against Harry Reid in 2010 and was a bad candidate, just being kind of an extremist and, like, opposed fluoriding drinking water, for example. And we, are not, we all know about Todd Aiken and Richard Murdoch. Yeah, we all do. So we're seeing about, and people are, and I think even Donald Trump said, um, Kathy Barnett is, won't beat the radical left 
Dr. Mehmet Oz is the only one who can beat the radical left in Rhinos, uh, even if Kathy Barnett is basically too extreme to win the general election. But I think he even said, even though we're st we'll still be behind Kathy Barnett if she wins that primary and wins that Senate seat. So that's going to be interesting. And by the way, that election in Pennsylvania is Tuesday, so just a few short hours um, a few short days after this podcast will be released on air. So that's going to be interesting. A lot of fascinating stuff. Another thing that's going on is in Texas, where this, I, this isn't until later, but there's a runoff election um, between a progressive Democrat, Jessica Cineros, and a conservative, Manchin-esque kind of Republic, um, Democrat, who also is pro-life and has an A rating from the NRA and defended the Texas abortion ban. And his name is Henry, Q, um, Henry Cuellar, and he is the incumbent. And Nancy Pelosi and Jim Clyburn and Steny Hoyer, all the Democratic leadership has endorsed him, even though he's pro-life and has like an A rating from the NRA. And it's kind of like, I guess, the Joe Manchin of the House, since some people call him Joe Manchin or Cinema of the House. And one thing that is interesting is, at first this race would be under the radar, it's in a swingy district, a pretty competitive district in the Rio Grande Valley near like um, Laredo and like near the US-Mexico border in Texas, a lot of Hispanics there, and it's a close district, it's very competitive. And Henry Cuellar, though, this is interesting, his house was raided by the FBI, interestingly enough, I don't understand that. But this praise would have probably been under the radar, except the fact that now with Roe v. Wade draft opinion about overturning Roe and Casey, this could be, um, this could get a ton of national attention, a ton of fundraising. Sinieris is a pro-choice, liberal-leaning, progressive Democrat. So we're gonna see how this goes. Um, yep. So it's gonna be a lot of interesting races. I think that there's a it's going to be pretty darn interesting. Another thing that is interesting in terms of the um, news for this week um, is Madison Cawthorn continues to have a rough week, by the way. Um, I think he was recently released about him. Madison Cawthorn, if you don't know, is the Republican congressman from North Carolina who made that Coke orgies comment for some reason. I mean, he's just a... Uh, Dumbass, to be totally honest. And he, in my opinion, he's a dumbass. But he recently has been involved in a lot of stuff. Like, he um, brought a loaded gun at TSA at the Charlotte Douglas International Airport, for example. And this is the second time he's brought a loaded gun, well, first bringing a loaded gun to the Asheville Airport, and now the Charlotte Douglas Airport. And also, once posted on social media about visiting Adolf Hitler's vacation home, or once comparing Black Lives Matter to Nazis, and, um, among, uh, and also being accused by multiple women of sexual assault and harassment, um, according to, uh, cut, a uh, New Yorker article and many others, um, and also, another thing is that recently he actually, there was a video of him that was released about him seen with no clothes on before he was in Congress, um, with his cousin, essentially. Um, yep, he was seen in a bed with no clothes on in a leaked video with his cousin, by the way, which is interesting, to say the least. And he also said that Republicans were having orgies and cocaine, which was rather dumb. 
and false, of course, it was completely false. But one thing that was interesting about that is that they refu- that the Republicans refused to condemn Alamon January attending the January 6th riot, or sexual assault allegations, or being, like, pro-Nazi, to be totally honest. Like, or, I don't know about pro-Nazi, that's, I think, going a little too far, but embracing neo-Nazi ideology in some circumstances would be a more appropriate comment. And another thing is, they were, they didn't really have any statements about that, um, but they were really, really mad about when he claimed that Republican Congress, that people and members of Congress were inviting him to an orgy. But even though that was false and rather dumb, but that just shows you how the Republican Party, they're okay with overturning an, uh, an election, they're okay with a coup attempt, but they're not okay with orgies, which is interesting about the standards of the standards that they're showing to the um, the standards of uh, integrity that I think the Republican Party is showing, in my opinion, which is interesting. Um, I find that very interesting. Another, and that race is also, by the way, on that race on whether or not Madison Ka- Madison Cawthorn's primary election is on. Tuesday as well. Another thing is he's also been accused of insider trading. He may violate federal insider trading laws, and you won't believe it until you I say it to you for the let's go Brandon cryptocurrency. Um, yep, he was accused of insider trading on a let's go Brandon cryptocurrency. By the way, if you don't know what let's go Brandon is, it is a right-wing slur um, used to attack President Joe Biden. It was first originated at a NASCAR race in October 1st when a newscaster tried to cover up a people chanting F Joe Biden and still instead saying let's go Brandon because the driver who won that race was Brandon Brown at a NASCAR race even though even though anybody watching could tell that they were chanting unfortunately swearing at the president it's a gross message don't get me wrong i mean one of the good things about a free country is you can tell the president to F off if you want. I don't encourage it by any means, and this is a gross and disgusting message, but interesting nonetheless, and interesting that he's been accused of insider trading on a cryptocurrency by this. And he's also met with the, he also posted on Instagram about meeting with the uh, cryptocurrency's founder, which is also interesting. He has also, um, Yep, and he's actually in a wheelchair, by the way, Madison Cawthorn is, um, after he got into a car wreck in a BMW in 2015, and also lied up, and another thing that's interesting is he also lied about a Naval Academy admission it, but during his run for Congress, and by the way, this is Mark Meadows' old district, so that just shows you how the people that they've been electing recent, in recent years, but it's going to be fascinating. But I think Tom Tillis, the junior Republican senator from... Um, North Carolina, he endorsed his opponent, and I think and, uh, pretty much the Republican establishment is like funneling money towards his opponent, Chuck Edwards, a state senator. And another thing that's fascinating is that um, Kevin McCarthy, after he made those orgy comments, said he's lost his trust in Madison Cawthorn, which is a big deal. He never said that about Paul Gosar after that violent anime video about him wanting to kill AOC and Joe Biden or attending a white nationalist conference and wanting to overthrow, overthrow a, an election or Marjorie Taylor Greene 
um, comparing mass mandates to the Holocaust, or endorsing QAnon conspiracy theories, or Lauren Boebert's rather Islamophobic comments. So, that shows just how that, like, the Republican establishment over Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, or any of these candidates, they hate Madison Cawthorn the most. And by the way, he's also the youngest member of Congress, which is interesting. Yep, yeah, yeah, this is gonna be fascinating to watch. To say the least. And to be honest, an embarrassing spectacle, if you ask my opinion. That's just my opinion, by the way, it's an embarrassing spectacle. About just how ideologically extreme the Republican Party is. And don't take my word for it, take Norm Ornstein's word for it about how extreme the Republican Party has been. Take Pew Research Center, the UCLA, um, Vote View scorecard, um, take, you can take all those metrics and you can see just how extreme the Republicans have gotten. It's just off the charts at this point. And they're, and they're going, Dem, both Democrats have moved to the left, to be fair, but not nearly as far as Republicans have moved to the right. And that's going to be fascinating and to watch. Mm -hmm. Also, I'm curious about any Secretary of State's races, and there are going to be any up this election on Tuesday. So it's going to be an interesting race to watch. And that's all I have to talk about. Um, in terms of anything else, not really. Uh, peace out and stay above the noise. Goodbye.